0: Welcome back to the Untitled Podcast, Woo-hoo. world famous. Yeah, I'm Giorgio here with Marvel. Hi. And today we are interviewing, talking to, and discussing with
1: dun dun dun. <laughs> the one,
0: the only, <laughs> lovely yet, what would you say ferocious at times oh, for those probably. she loves, for those she loves and cares about. Mm-hmm. Mm. She's caring, but also I don't know. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> we are here with the one and only. Mrs. Smith, I only know you for a couple things, so you have to fill in the blanks. But okay. you are the program head of children and family ministry, mm-hmm. my major. Our, ma- our major. Yep. Our major. Okay. You're the program head for children and family ministry at Moody Bible Institute, the field supervisor, field chair. Field chair. That's fine. Yeah. For all of the education part.
2: No, for, so there's different fields. Mm-hmm. There's okay. the field of Bible and theology. Gotcha. The field of, communications and music mm-hmm. the field of applied theology and church ministry yeah the uh, field of intercultural ministry right. and the field of education and counseling oh. and i am the field chair over education and counseling so the faculty and students that are in children and family ministry elementary education and human services wow so then that's the department so to speak that's mm-hmm. huge. And so those are the faculty underneath me and those students. And so I am there to support and serve the faculty of all of those majors. Okay. And then as we deal with different um, issues or concerns or things that come up, then I'm there to help navigate all of that as well between the institute and the faculty and the students. So, yes, we uh, we comprise 34% of the student body in our oh, one geez. little field. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> but it's we it's just a brilliant field and uh-huh. so fun, and we all get along great. and We love our students, mm-hmm. there's nothing we can imagine doing mm-hmm. else with our lives, so we're blessed to be here. Yeah, so, I, I get to do both of those things.
0: Am I missing any more titles? Field, I, I am a
2: field, I am a wife of oh, I'll be 32 years married wow. this summer. Really? I know That's I don't like look it, do graduation. I? No, no, not not at all. Preserved well, yeah. <laughs> and then um, uh, three children. Grown, so my oldest is 26 and a pastor in California, and he's married to his wife Katie. Okay. And sh- they both graduated from Moody. He was a theology major as an undergrad, and she was New Testament. And then they both got their master's degree. He has a master's of Theo, and she has a master's of New Testament. So she's the Greek expert in our family. Wow. And um, so they live out in California, and uh, she's actually getting then her other master's degree in library science. So she'll love wow. to work with theological tomes and. All those kind of research things, That's and she's crazy. great at it. Mm-hmm. And then our daughter is uh, twenty, going to be twenty five, and she lives in Anderson, Indiana. Okay. okay. And she was a dance business major in Anderson, Indiana. Um, but she does her min- her job. She works for a nonprofit organizations, specifically mm-hmm. for at risk youth, um, and especially for sex trafficking. So the sex industry in Indiana in poorer areas. Um, Is pretty intense. Uh, It's a lot of times families that sell their children into Mm. prostitution Mm. uh, and other things. And so she works to rescue these at-risk children and youth and then to help um, keep them into, put them into situations in which they are safe and loved and cared for. And so she does a couple of Mm -hmm. nonprofit. She works for two different companies for that. So good. Yeah, and her husband's an accountant. They met at Anderson University, and <laughs> they're youth leaders in their church, mm-hmm. so they do ministry. And then Josh, my uh, youngest, is a senior here and about ready to graduate in four weeks. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so we have three kids. Only a little teary-eyed. Mm-hmm. Only that. a little. I know. when he, uh, man, when he graduates, it's, it's yeah, graduations are always hard for me. I'm just so proud of our students. And then when it's your own, mm-hmm. we're well, like, oh, my word. And see, my <laughs> husband and I are just, it's like, what's? We're just beyond blessed by the grace mm-hmm. of God that all three of our children know and love Jesus. Our older two married people that know and love Jesus, are, for some reason, they're all in ministry. Mm-hmm. You would think, my husband being a pastor, myself being a licensed clinical professional counselor, as well so I'm licensed in the state of Illinois for, okay. as a clinical professional counselor. So I work in a seminary as a field yeah. supervisor for our mm-hmm. what are called your grad fellows and your interns. Mm-hmm. So I supervise and train the counselors who are already licensed counselors. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, and then I also teach online. Wow! But all of so our cool. kids love Jesus. Out of all of that, the fact that my kids love Jesus is just the best. Yeah, but I told them God. when they were young, I don't really care what you do with your life. I just don't. <laughs> I seriously don't care. Um, really? But you have to love Jesus okay. because oh, okay. one day, okay, yeah. oh yeah, no, I care what you believe. Okay. I don't care what you do. Okay. <laughs> but hopefully, what you do will follow what you believe. Mm-hmm. That's usually mm-hmm. the way it should work. Mm-hmm. Because um, I can't just think, but one day this, wor- this world is done. We are done. You mm-hmm. don't last forever uh, on this earth in the way that we know it. So I just want to make sure that those that God has given me and my family, that I get to see them forever in heaven, in his kingdom. And uh, I'm grateful. I'm mm-hmm. grateful that they do. So I'm good. Mm-hmm. Right? So wherever they go in the world, whatever they choose to do, yeah. as long as you know Jesus, then we're good. Mm-hmm. So we're blessed.
0: That's right. So mm-hmm. when, it, when it comes to children, family, Mm. counseling especially Mm. when did that passion start in you or when were you just like man I have to do this Mm. in a good way like in a joyful way? you're like man I need to do this Like, I'm so passionate for this I would love to teach it I would love to like how does that start
2: well it's such a journey so I went to Indiana University uh, when the dinosaurs roamed the earth (laughs) that's how old I am (laughs) and so I got an undergraduate degree in psychology I did a master's thesis my senior year so I did what they call honors psychology I did an advanced degree as an undergrad And I also had a minor in biology because I thought I would be Hmm. pre-med. And then while I do appreciate the human body and I'm fascinated with how God has put us together, and Mm -hmm. I appreciate that so much, uh, I'd be changed in my junior year uh, from just pre-med to actually going for that honors psychology Mm -hmm. degree because I liked talking and working with people Hmm. better than thinking about just how their body works. So. At when I got my undergraduate degree in psychology, you really need to go for a master's degree if you want to be mm-hmm. a counselor or a social mm-hmm. worker or something. So I got my master's of clinical mental health. Then it was called counseling psychology, but basically now it's master's of clinical mental health at Trinity Evangelical Divinity School, yes. so up in Deerfield. Mm-hmm. And I also then did a, uh, a master's in systematic theology. So I, rea- I was raised in a Christian home. However, I would say I made my faith my own my junior year at Indiana University. Uh, I use a secular college, incredibly secular, uh, mm-hmm. known as a big party school. And I looked around my sophomore year and said, here's all these people. And they live for the weekends. Mm-hmm. And they live for who they're dating. Mm-hmm. And they're looking to get some big job. And so you live for money. And you live for sex. And you live for partying. And then what do you have?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You have nothing. Mm-hmm. Right? Is it, it? Do you all just want to grow up, get married, have kids, and then die? It's kind of like what other animals do. It's like... You made, you build this, you know, I, I just didn't get it. Like, what, why is that the ultimate goal? I go, that sounds meaningless. I felt like probably I was thinking a little bit like Solomon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Meaningless, meaningless, everything's meaningless. And I'm like, is that what this is? Is this all meaningless? Because this seems pretty stupid. Mm-hmm. And then I, uh, was an, I was an RA, actually. And mm-hmm. another brother RA that I met, Steve, uh, I really felt like the whole world could fall apart, but Steve never did. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how come life can be so stressful here and you're always okay? Like, what's different? And I remember asking that a couple of times and he really wouldn't answer. And mm-hmm. I didn't know he was a Christian.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And then finally, I got frustrated. I was having a conversation with him and I go, you never answer this <laughs> question. What is the deal? And he goes, oh, it's, it's probably because I'm a Christian. <laughs> and then I am like, Oh, so all the stuff I lived in, church, I learned in church as a kid, is true.
3: Hmm.
2: Like it's a real God and it's a real relationship, and that relationship changes everything. Hmm. And it just made sense. And so, it was funny. I, I can tell you exactly where it is in Bloomington, Indiana, when I was on one side of the street, and he told me, and by the. Other side of the street, I knew I was a Christian. Like, that was it. That's where I felt like the spirit, just like you went from one side to the other. And I'm like, I get it. Like, the light goes on. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, well, then this is what you got to live for. Mm -hmm. This is the purpose of our existence. Mm -hmm. So I got immediately involved in a campus ministry, started going to church, met with the pastor. was wonderful. He would meet with me because I had so many theology questions. And that's when I changed to psychology as well. Mm -hmm. But then I so I had my advanced degree in psychology. And I'm like, well, that's great. We can learn how people think and what their motivations are and how their brain works. And But I need to make sure I see it through a biblical lens. And that's why I went to seminary. Mm-hmm. So then I got my master's of sis because that then was my grid that I thought everything through. So as I got my master's of clinical mental health, the understanding of humanity always came through the grid of my theology. And I'm mm-hmm. very thankful for that. And it is just because the Lord led me. I mean, there's just no other reason that I was mm-hmm. that smart and figured that out at the age of 22. There's no way. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then that's where I also met my husband. He was getting his MDiv. He also had gotten saved in college. And we were at seminary. And I'm just going to tell you about seminary. (laughs) Seminary's great. But not everybody's funny. Yeah. Seminary's not known to be funny. Mm. But Brian's funny. And he was (laughs) normal. Uh I'm like, you're a funny, normal person. You watch movies and you play games. And you love Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so I can hang out with funny, normal people. And so we began to hang out and we became like study persons together and we went to the same church and we were friends. We hung out with this big group of this friends. Is a good story. Oh, thanks. Yes. And uh, he ended up going to Canada for a summer and I went to the Middle East. So we, I was doing short term missions for in Turkey. And he was up in Canada and had basically taken a job that he was thinking he would finish up his seminary degree and go there. It was during that summer. I didn't write. Now, this is, you got to understand mm-hmm. no cell phones. Mm. No email, hmm. nothing. So there was no way to communicate other than snail mail, or a phone that's attached to the wall. Mm. Now back then, you were charged per minute. Oh, and if you talked to somebody, like let's say at noon, right? Because that's a good time, it's in the middle yeah. of the day, you got mm-hmm. time. time. You might as well pay a dollar a minute. <sighs> but if you talk to them at midnight or one in the morning, oh. you only pay thirty cents a minute. Oh. So we are talking oh. in the middle of the night snail mail, but I'm like, you know, I really like him, and I wonder if there could be more, mm-hmm. but I am not pursuing anybody. Either he's interested or he's not, and I'm just going to wait on the Lord, because I'm over here being a missionary, in and being. I'll tell you, being a female in the Middle East is something else. Yeah, It's a whole other world. Mm. You want to talk about gender issues all over the place, so it was eye-opening, mm. and I was there to... Uh, to talk about Jesus to people that didn't know anything about him, um, and Brian wrote me a letter, and I got it in the middle of July. I'd been there about six weeks, and he basically said, "He goes, so I've discovered that living life without you isn't nearly as good as living life with oh you. My God. No, it's your heart. Oh, I know, no, it's your heart. Isn't, isn't that great? That's so sweet. That's and so that's he so goes, so we have to figure out: Are we good at doing ministry together? Are we good at being friends together, or is it more? But I'm interested in discovering that." So I, at the end of that, went back to finish my seminary degree. Mm. And he had finished and was in Canada, like I said. So as he was finishing up and we, so when people say, can it work if you date long distance? Mm -hmm. We were always in different countries. So we were good friends for like seven, eight months. And then I went to Turkey. He was in Canada. He came back for a while to be in the Chicago area because this is where his family is. But then I came back from Turkey to come back to Chicago, and he moved back up to Ontario. And so we were our main dating and figuring it out for a year and a half was in different countries, huh. different time zones, oh with snail mail, and weird phone times. Jeez. But that's it thirty cents a minute. I know we're like we don't. Cents we, a I was in seminary. He was like working in youth ministry. I'm like we have no money, so. But it was, we just found out that we were much better together than apart. Mm. We couldn't imagine. At the end of our day, the person I wanted to talk to about it was him. Wow. And I'm like, so And when I couldn't figure out what I was supposed to do or what was going on, I would always go to him. And when I felt like I had made a, s- I mean, when you're a beginning counselor, um, it's, okay, if you get your master's in social work or, or in counseling, they'll tell you you ruin your first thousand clients. <laughs> Oh <laughs> Which is not That's a cr- right. So now anybody out there, if you are listening and you're going to an intern for counseling, it's like, it's okay. We supervise the interns. Mm-hmm. Um, but I look back and when I didn't know what to do, or I felt like I had made a mistake, mm-hmm. he was always there to bring me back to mm-hmm. center. Right. And such so wise, and so caring. And I thought, you're a good man. Mm-hmm. You're just a good man. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought he was super cute.
1: Which is always so
2: helpful when you're dating someone. <laughs> oh, it, it? it helps. <gasps>
1: I'm
2: like, do you, th- you know, somebody goes, Do you think I should date so and so? I love that question at Moody. Mm-hmm. Do you think I should date so and so? Do you find them attractive? Most people want to know, they think I'm going to ask something spiritual. Mm hmm. Right. That's the second question. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> is there an attraction there at all?
1: I mean, it's honestly so important. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. Thank you, Marvel. <laughs> yeah, Thank yeah. you.
2: I appreciate the affirmation. Because if you're not attracted to the person, then you call them your buddy. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> y- but you just have the people, the radicals that would be like, you shouldn't even care about physically. Oh, yeah. Well, they're wrong. <laughs> yeah. well, they're,
1: not <laughs> they're, they're just wrong. I don't think. Yeah. Like, you know. that's, that's, yeah that's what I would say.
2: No. Right. It's good to be attracted to the person you're going to marry. Highly recommend it. And so we just, we just really liked each other and found each other and, um, yeah. And so, it, and then eventually Brian, we had dated some more and Brian did his, uh, he was the first internship class at Willow Creek Community Church in Barrington, mm-hmm. which was over 35 years ago. So understand it was a whole different world. Mm-hmm. We call it Willow World, totally different world than it is today. Just mm-hmm. not even the same, mm-hmm. but, uh, it was still a mega church at the time. And uh, in that, that was before we were married, but we were heading toward engagement. We realized we're not mega church people. Mm. We're not, uh, we're not fame people. We're not, we're just shepherds. Mm. Yeah. That's all we are. That's, and we don't want anything. That's just it. We're just going to shepherd God's people as he puts us in front of us. And if that's one person, it's one person. And if it's 50 people, it's 50 people. But Mm. Mm -hmm. we just want to shepherd and we love doing it together. So Mm. then we got married. That's incredible. Did ministry in Wisconsin and then ultimately came back here to Chicago. But as you do life, you just find thing. God will put things in your path again and again and again. Um, and always what I in counseling, how so many of my clients ended up being children and youth and their families. Wow. And so when God says, I think God chooses for us because it's what's laid out in front of you. Mm-hmm. And whatever he pulls out, puts in front of you is ultimately when you do it long enough, you'll fall in love with it. And I think that's how it was for us dating. We just were always in each other's orbit. Mm-hmm. These children, youth, and families uh, loved them as they came in for counseling. They, I loved, I really loved teenagers that were a mess. I loved kids that were out of control and families that didn't have a clue what they were doing.
3: Mm.
2: And I loved it, and I never felt any stress with it. I'm like, but there were other things that caused me stress, but not that. Um, and so therefore you just, yeah, I became falling more and more in love with it. And then when we moved to Chicago area... One of the elders in our church, uh, Brian, I've always done church planning. He was actually the field chair, the division chair here at Moody in education and counseling. And he goes, I need you to come and teach at Moody. (laughs) So as an adjunct.
0: Wow. Humble beginnings.
2: Oh, very humble. And so he did. And so I said, all right, I don't know if I'm going to be good at this. But he goes, you have so much experience and so many master's degree and so much of this. Mm -hmm. Like, you should come and teach. So I started Intro to Psych. And then I did Abnormal Psych. And then they're like, yeah, but your expertise is in children and family, both in counseling and in the church. Because mm. in church planning, I've started many children's ministries in our churches and when we worked internationally and all this stuff. And he goes, so would you look at our children's ministry program? I go, yeah, I'll look at it. And I thought it was horrible. <laughs> and I told them, I go, this is the worst major on campus.
0: Mm-hmm. How so? What was What was bad about it? Oh,
2: like in one class, you spent a month on puppets. And then the following month like was balloon animals. Yeah, how to do puppets for a month. Wow. I don't. I don't even know what to say. Yeah,
0: I'm thinking about what we do in a month now. And oh I'm yeah, no, like, that's mm. crazy.
2: I know. And balloon animals. I'm like, there's latex allergies. Don't do that. <laughs> and they suck it down their throats and then they die of asphyxiation. So don't do that. I'm like, this is all. I w-, and I go, it's backwards. You have so much on methodology. Mm-hmm. Here's how you do it. Like, mm-hmm. what do I do? Mm-hmm. I go, who cares? If you use puppets or balloon animals, I don't care. I do care what you're teaching. Mm. You start with your theology. You mm. start with your Bible. You learn then, develop mentally and culturally how to so that you can get that message to the children, whether they're four-year-olds or they're fourteen or they're twenty-four. It's your job to make it accessible. Yeah. And then, and only then, will you ask the question, "What methods do I want to use?" But you got to get the message down, and you got to know exactly how you're gonna how you're gonna take that message and have it cognitively accessible so that they Mm -hmm. understand it and then when you want to use crayons videos puppets Puppets. whatever puppets heaven forbid you don't use puppets fine I don't care what I care about is the message and you don't water down the message Mm -hmm. and so then as we began to transform it it started out with Fifteen years ago, there were two students in our major.
0: Oh, my word. I
2: know. It was bad. Ew. And then it grew, and God has just been faithful, and it's grown every year. And now we have over 90 students That's in the program crazy. that are doing phenomenal things all over the world in so many different positions for children and families. Mm-hmm. H- over half the world are children.
3: <laughs> That's so
2: insane. if somebody says, "Is are there jobs working with kids? Well, I don't know. When 55% (laughs) of the world are children. You'd You'd hope. (laughs) Right, right. Well, could I do it internationally? I'm pretty sure there's kids internationally. Yeah, that'd be great. (laughs) Like, just, that's what we, and I tell you, when you have kids, you'll have adults that will follow, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. if you want to really grab a parent's heart, reach the heart of their kid, Mm -hmm. Mm because most parents would do anything for their children. Mm -hmm. So when their children start getting interested in Jesus, the parents can easily follow, so... Yeah, so it was a progression. started with counseling and psychology, and then God brought it into me, and then I had this opportunity, and I think they got tired of me complaining about how <laughs> bad the major was. So then they're like, fine, we're just going to offer you this full-time job, mm-hmm. so then you can come in and teach what you want. Great. I will do that. And that was 12 years ago. Wow. Jeez. Yeah.
0: So I have I have the first, like, pretty big question, and I'd, lo- I'd love to hear Marvel's thoughts, too. Mm. When it comes to Moody students, what do you think is – like the worst habit or like the biggest mistake they can make now just as a college student that will affect them in the future or, I mean, even now in the present, like as a husband, mother, wife, father, like what's the biggest mistake when it comes to like yeah. godly families, at least obviously we got to depend on God, but like cultivating yeah. that. What do you think, what do you see as the biggest mistake people are making?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You, I just would hate to cut off Marvel. Do you want to say anything or no, just that's a great question? Okay. Okay, good. Okay. Okay. <laughs> There's this thing called discretionary time. There are things you have to do. Hmm. You have to sleep some. Probably have to use the restroom, shower, eat, breathe, right? There are certain things you have to do. Mm-hmm. If you sign up for college classes, you know, there's classes you go to or books you read, homework you do. But the reality is, college students have more discretionary time than they will at any other time in your life. Hmm. You do not have this amount of discretionary time when you leave college. You don't. So, with that gift of discretionary time, I would, I would say, I've seen too much discretionary time absolutely wasted. Mm. They are very the biggest culprits. uh, A temporary pleasure. All right. The momentary joy. This is going to feel good right now, so I'm going to do that without really being challenged to think, and if you have that momentary happiness in the moment, how does that affect the next moment, the next day, the next week, and then your long-term future? Um, It's not wrong to play video games, watch movies, take a nap. It's not wrong. It's not wrong to eat chocolate chip cookies or Mm. go for a run or anything else. I mean, but there's a lot of time invested in that, And me, and probably not enough time really saying, I am here to invest in training for front lines of ministry. I am here investing in the person I am becoming so that one day when I'm a mom or a dad or a spouse, or if I don't get single and I'm giving my life away for Christ, I'm not investing in those roles.
0: Yeah.
1: What would that look like? Like what would proper use of time then look like, you know?
2: I would say I would would start first with examining our thinking, being very self-aware. So how many times a day, if a student's doing homework, do they say to themselves as they do homework, I hate doing this homework. I'm tired (laughs) of this homework. And my question would be, um, Martin Lloyd-Jones said we need to stop listening to ourselves and we need to start preaching to ourselves. We need Mm. to start talking to ourselves Mm. and to say, isn't it? myself when I'm saying, yeah, I mean, it really is, we're, we're preparing for warfare. Mm, That's what yeah. you're preparing for. So if you were in the physical army, uh, I doubt that there's a cap- there's a, there's a soldier who's preparing for battle who looks at his captain and says, you know, I'm really tired of doing these pushups. I just can't do that mm-hmm. today. Mm. I just, did you want us to go through basic training? I don't, I can't. But when the captain looks at him going, you either go through this and you learn it and you learn it well, mm-hmm. or you die. And when you die, you take everybody else with you. So you're going to learn it, and you're going to learn it well because it's a matter of life or death. What if we had that same attitude here? Yeah. Because when you leave here, you will be in charge of ministries, and you will be invested in your families, and it is a matter of life and death on an eternal level. Mm -hmm. Well, how much more important is that? Mm -hmm. So if the person you are today is the father you become tomorrow or the The woman you are today becomes the wife of tomorrow. Or the man or woman today is the leader of tomorrow. What kind of leader, mom, dad, wife, or husband do you want to be? You invest in that now. You don't wait till you walk down the aisle to go, oh, now I should work on myself. Mm -hmm. I should learn to be disciplined and conscientious and self-serving and sacrificial. No, those are habits that are cultivated. Because I would tell my children, never date somebody that is not able to do that on their own now. Yeah. If you don't have somebody now who's disciplined, um, so yeah, so that's what I would say is like there has to be a discipline of thought, and there are just sometimes in life. I, I like in Ecclesiastes where it also says there's a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to dance and a time to weep. There are times you just have to do a lot of work. Mm. You just do. Mm-hmm. And I think that we are then to say with a happy attitude, I'm doing this for an eternal purpose. I'm doing this to invest in my future. I am doing this for a bigger reason. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I will, not lo- I will not allow the momentary pleasure to ruin my eternal investment.
3: Mm-hmm. It's like if
2: you spend all your money today on Starbucks and other things, how much money do you have to invest in your retirement or health care or a house Or your master's education. So people who waste their money for the momentary things don't have it to invest in something more. It's the same with our time. If you waste your time now, you don't get to make that up. Hmm. You're wasting time. Again, that doesn't mean that you don't take breaks and enjoy movies and do things, you know. But there's way, I I think the the pleasures of the world are very tempting in the Western world. It's Hmm. very tempting. And they're way too accessible. And it w- wouldn't it be interesting if everybody looked and said, "What? where do I waste the most amount of my time? <sighs> and whatever that is, Social media. I'm going to get rid of it.
0: That'd be good.
2: Is it a TV? Is it a smartphone? Because you don't really need a smartphone. Mm. You really don't. You might need a phone,
3: mm-hmm.
2: but do you need a smartphone? What if that which stole our time, we destroyed? And I think that's when Jesus says, pluck out your eye cut off your hand what are you really willing to do what's going to hurt so that you're using your time well you what makes me sad is that i it goes so fast mm. you know so here's where i'm just thinking of our graduates that are graduating in four weeks and i get to say goodbye to them but they're so amazing um and i have i do think i have the hardest working students on campus because that's right they either work hard or they die
0: that's true that's about it <laughs> <I'm still alive. laughs>
2: right so um but they have worked really hard. So eighty percent of them already have jobs with contracts.
1: Wow, eighty percent. Eighty percent, eight zero. That's
2: and they've deserved it. They deserve yeah, it. They do. They do. You earn it. Um, it, it. They beat out other applicants that have been in ministry for years. But right. that is how hard they work, and I don't apologize for it. If you don't want that job or you don't want that responsibility, you don't have to. Mm. You know, nobody has to. There's nothing wrong also of saying I'm just coming to Moody for a great Christian education and that's fine. But you you have to look and go, what are your end goals? And if your end goal is ministry and leadership and family and then invest in it now so you get it then. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how I think Brian and I, that's how we thought of parenting. We invested in our kids at the time. Mm. and i look at them now and they are the most amazing humans mm. my children are my favorite people mm. they're just they're just so great mm. but if somebody says oh you're so lucky we are blessed by the grace of god mm. but we left it all on the field
3: mm-hmm.
2: i don't regret sleepless nights i don't regret the conversations we had the hard conversations the hours of bible and theology and we would talk about scripture the time, It was just a normal conversation. Mm. The gospel was always, every day, every day was something about the cross of Christ and what it means to live knowing him and how much he loves us and what he did for us. They don't know how to think any other way. Hmm. Did they still play Rocket League? Yes. <laughs> did they go to dance lessons? Yes. Did they play football and soccer? And They went to public school. But in our house, it was a safe place mm. where we are devoted to, to Jesus first, and then to each other,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and it and God by His grace bless that. Mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: yeah amen. So then on on the other end of that, what would you like? What encouragement? Because there's just I know you with your passion, like there's just mm-hmm. gods and gods of encouragement you would offer for someone that has finally identified that like this is my time waster, or like mm-hmm. for someone that has become self aware, like I'm wasting too much time, but then they look at what they have to do. As you said, it's hard work. Yeah. Like, what encouragement would you give in terms of, like, no, it is worth it? Like, can you talk about maybe the joys of, like, parenting or the joys of, like, raising families, the Mm -hmm. joys of marriage? That's just, like, how does – what makes it Mm -hmm. all worth it? Mm -hmm.
2: It, Yeah, it's so much easier for me to see it at my age. So I'm going to be 57 soon. Um, And so when you've lived this many decades, this is the payoff time. It's not in your 20s. It's not in your 30s. The bigger payoffs are when you're older because you've worked for it like the harder you work for it then the bigger it is so when you look at the olympic athlete how many years have they trained to get to the olympics Mm -hmm. right so it's still fun when you're doing swim lessons at five years old but when you're swimming for the gold at the age of 20 25 whatever that's the payoff um but what is it like to stand on that platform and get the gold Like you just got a picture for yourself like and look at the promises of God what he promises it's not wasted Mm -hmm. but um, and Giorgio has read this uh, pilgrim's progress so in the uh, interpreters house where there's seven rooms the one is with patience or passion and so there's a picture of these two children and passion wants everything right now I want it right now I will not wait I want it now and patience is willing to wait for it
0: yeah Mm -hmm. And it's crazy because we're talking about Christians in that scenario. Mm-hmm. Like it's like mm-hmm. passion's not like a worldly person. Like mm-hmm. I want, I was like, it's someone who would be a Christian, but like I want all the benefits now. Now,
2: and you can't have it. It's like that is. It's kind of a lie of Satan that you can have it all. Mm. You can't. But it's gotta. It's gotta be that picture of the King and His Kingdom.
3: Mm. Um,
2: and it's not just so much even the benefits of of what we'll experience in Earth. Like yes, it's wonderful to be married thirty two years and have a fabulous marriage. You know, I always tell my students uh, who are married in my classes, it's great. You've been married, what, three years, five years, whatever. <laughs> Mine's better. <laughs> I had 32 under my belt, so I got the better marriage. Only because of everything that's invested, and it's great. Um, but it's it's been worked together, but it's so worth it. So those are the temporal blessings, but our king is worth it. So the mm-hmm. more you fall in love with Jesus, mm-hmm. how do you not want to do more for him? We'll never outgive him, mm-hmm. ever, in a million years. But how do you not just love serving him more and more? But that comes back from it's, it really is, it's, yes, is it a hard work attitude, but it starts with love, and it's falling in love with Jesus. He's Mm -hmm. just so great. So every time I think of him, I can't help but smile. He's so great. How can I not do this? Like, it's like when I see my children, how could I not do things for them? Mm -hmm. You know, when I see my husband, how can I not serve you? You're so amazing. And it's how I look at my students. You're so great. How could I not do everything for you that I could? Right, And so when it comes out of this deep love, and love is never ending, it's a well that never runs dry, then you just do it day after day after day. But I think Satan's trick is for us to believe that the world offers more than what Christ himself or that those those long-term and even eternal treasures Mm -hmm. are worth. Mm -hmm. C.S. Lewis talks about it, Mm -hmm. where he says we're too easy. The problem with humans is we're too... We're too easily satisfied. Mm -hmm. We'll play in the mud when there's a holiday at the sea available. Mm -hmm. And he's right. We're too easily satisfied. So I think the easiest way to do that, that was like, well, how would you do it? It's called both and thinking. Both recognize this is hard Mm -hmm. and that your body and your mind may want to do something else. I'd rather watch a movie, rather take a nap. Or you can say, but, and, but, I'm going to do this Mm -hmm. because I'm going to believe in the long-term benefit i'm going to practice persevering mm-hmm. i'm going mm-hmm. to practice enduring trusting that perseverance paul says perseverance produces righteousness mm-hmm. and i'm going trust that that's when god said it he means it mm, amen. so mm-hmm. that's I good
1: I, I like that both and thinking it's
2: both and it both is like how is it hard and i'm gonna <laughs> do it mm-hmm. it's both and <laughs> hmm,
1: that's good right um i have a question so you seem so you know joyful and satisfied with what your marriage is and has been and what parenting has been like for you but i'm just wondering and curious are there any things you think you would have done differently you know like the when you look back now things maybe from your dating experiences or experience or marriage or raising your children you know things like that like any kinds of regrets and how you've overcome those
2: yeah um not really. Yeah, I th- I thought, I thought <laughs> to be quite right. honest, I so. but yeah. I mean it's uh, and it's by the grace of God. So we'll mm-hmm. just start always with the grace of God. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, I did not date a lot of people before I met Brian.
0: How many? Like zero?
2: What? No, maybe one, two, okay. kind of, and they weren't big deals because yeah. I felt it like such a waste of time. <laughs> why would I spend my time and money on somebody I'm not going to like be with long term anyway? Amen. That's like right. why? I'll just wait, and then if God doesn't bring someone, I'm fine. Like you don't. I was pretty like it, this isn't necessary. Yeah. It would be fine, but it's not necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as and it was as we got to know each other, um, I'm like this. I could see becoming something more. I could see spending the rest of my life with this person. Was that like right when
0: you saw him, or when like no, you said you were friends? No, so like we were it?
2: friends quite. Yeah, we were okay. friends for a good year or so. Okay. And I thought about it before he did, but I never said anything to him at all. It wasn't like because if it's not both ways, forget it. Mm. So yeah. I wasn't sure and I'm like, we'll just see. We'll just see what happens. And um
1: do you think you would have ever said something if he was staying no. so long? Wow. Is that like, I wasn't it wasn't necessary. Was
2: necessary. I could okay. love you without you loving me back and I'd be just fine.
0: Fellas, listen up. Yeah. You <laughs> like I don't
2: step. I yeah? the, uh, I uh I think both of my boys Are have been when they have dated or, uh, you know, Caleb, who's married to Katie, are not married to highly needy females. And my daughter is not highly needy. She Mm -hmm. they have their own ministry, their own callings, Mm -hmm. their own identity. Mm -hmm. So they're great partners. I mean, and they love their husbands and Mm -hmm. but their husband doesn't necessarily need to complete them. So it's mm. yeah but it's a sense of it's we're better together. Yeah. Yeah, I love yes, it. I I love you. Um it does fulfill a part of my heart and my soul and mm-hmm. that companionship is the best. Um and the physical intimacy is wonderful. So it's all great, but it's not in a sense necessary. Like mm-hmm. I'm not okay unless I have this. Mm-hmm. So um yeah and Caitlin's very happy. I've always been a working mom when they were younger much less but I started working at Moody at full time when Josh was like a first grader Mm. and yeah and it was great Brian and I both parented our children so it's not like when I was at work he babysat (laughs) which is amazing how many people said that (laughs) so where's Elizabeth are you are you babysitting the kids my husband does not babysit his children. Oh, yeah. He parents yeah, oh his children. The, yeah. With disrespect. And yeah. why am I the only one that gets to parent them? Yeah. That mm-hmm. would have That's been horrible. <laughs> horrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you do not want me to be the only parent in this house. So we parented our children. Mm. And we did it together. And we worked it out. They, they never had to go to daycare, which is great. But either Brian was there or I was there. Or we had other people in the church. Because it takes a church. You know, You heard the phrase, it takes a village. Yeah. So it takes a church, and it was great. So I was glad that we did that. Um, yeah, I, I am very glad that also my children saw enough of our sin. So it's like I regret mm-hmm. sinning. Nah, it's part of the human condition. Mm-hmm. So they saw enough of our sin and what and just their own growth of our marriage, to know that we needed Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like That's he died true. for a reason. <laughs> um, but we were able to repent and confess, and they saw enough sanctification to mm-hmm. see that he is real. Like the mm-hmm. Spirit is real. So they saw both the salvation and the sanctification, and they know now. I'm a better mom and a wife I am now than I was 30 years ago, Mm. but that's the sanctifying work of the Spirit. My anticipation would be 20 years from now that I will be a better wife and a mother Mm. than I was when I was younger. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: That's incredible.
2: You've got to let them see that change, like this is the power of the Spirit. So I never ever aimed for perfection in anything, Mm -hmm. You know, but it's the direction.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So for for students like we learn a lot in class with you like dependence upon God and, and you mm-hmm. lead with that like every answer is like grace of God. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day that is probably the biggest factor. Um but for s- students that might be listening or like me we're say like my parents were both first generation Christians or maybe someone here at Moody it's like they're the only Christian in their family. Mm. Do you have any tangible like Practical things. Once again, it's not like a silver bullet. Just want to say that it's not like do this and it's all good. But some people like me, I'm like I don't even know what it would look like because my parents didn't know. You know what I mean? They were both first generation Christians. Like their family didn't look like a godly family. So it's like, mm. what could you say to people of just like man? Once again, not a silver bullet. I don't want anyone to listen to this thinking mm-hmm. Miss miss giving concrete <laughs> just solutions. But like, what would you say as far as a family atmosphere? Um, mm. What does it look like, or what are some things that people can do to kind of foster that?
2: i think both parents it's going to sound like such a christian answer because it is (laughs) (laughs) is that each parent really i i needed to love jesus first Mm -hmm. like you never leave that you never leave the truth of your own relationship with christ Mm -hmm. and then brian and i invested in our marriage Mm -hmm. and then from that we invested in our children so there is a sense of you know, like, what do you do first? What do you do second? What do you do third? And you keep those priorities in that sense. Mm. Um, I, Brian has said this, which is true. Life is too serious not to take it seriously. Hmm. But life is too serious not to sometimes not take yourself too seriously. So it's mm. both we take it seriously and... But at the same time, you just got to relax and realize you're going to sin and you're going to make mistakes and you're going to do things that are stupid and you're just going to confess and repent. And then there's other times you're going to be brilliant and it's going to be great and we always had fun. I do the best birthday parties ever. <laughs> I was everybody's favorite room mom. I gave great parties. I had the best parties. Um, the things I had those kids doing and got away with. Um, and so we always had fun. Sometimes we would go to i remember the one time we went to Dairy Queen with our daughter mm-hmm. and uh, she was like 6 or 7 and she was like i i don't know do i want an ice cream cone covered in chocolate or do i want a strawberry sundae with sprinkles
0: big mm-hmm. decisions
2: i know and i go well let me see do we always have to make a choice or do sometimes we get both
1: <sighs> oh i never know life right there. and she
2: was like <gasps> Could I do both? I go, I think today is a both day. (laughs) So then we would get both. And it seems so little that we had such fun, Mm -hmm. right? We did super fun things. One time, uh, I think it was one of the, I don't know, The Hobbit or something. One of those movies had come out. And Brian went and got Caleb. He was a fifth grader. Got him out of school like at 1 o'clock because it was the first day it was open. Uh, My son has an appointment. I'm here to pick him up. And so they call him down, and Caleb comes to the office, and he walks out, and he goes, Dad, what, what, what appointment do I needs? have? He goes, look, the movie starts at 1.30, and we need popcorn and our drink, but we are <laughs> not missing this movie. And Took him out of school so that they could go see a movie together. You know, mm-hmm. They would play chess all evening and talk, and whatever they read, we were interested in and we read, and um, we loved being with them. So we were, p- we were in pastoral ministry, mm. but we never loved the church more than we loved our kids. Mm-hmm. They always mm-hmm. knew. And it was funny. So when Caleb, who's now our oldest and a pastor, he's very grateful for the example that his dad was. And he goes, you know, you probably should have spent more time on the church. And we're like, well, maybe the church would be bigger. Maybe the church would be whatever. But maybe you would not have loved Jesus. So no good to go save a nation and save a church and lose your own children.
0: You say that. You say never Uh sacrifice your family. Never
2: sacrifice your family on the altar of ministry ever ever so yeah you've seen it where my daughter or our son somebody will call one of my kids or my husband will call in the middle of class I'm (laughs) like if it's not in the middle of a moment where we have to continue Mm -hmm. like stop my family's calling Mm. yes so my daughter called the other day in human development and then she called in did she call in our
0: class someone called at least one time this semester yeah
2: somebody called because when they call me they know they can I can call my mom Unless I'm talking, and I think even if I was Dr. Job, I'd be like, excuse me, my daughter's calling. I know you're the president, but my daughter's calling. You've got to talk to my. So she'll just call me, tell me what kind of latte she got. <laughs> That's
3: it.
1: Hmm. Um, yeah, so I have one. You evidently have. I wouldn't say mastered the art, but just grown in what mar- motherhood looks like and parenting looks like. And I'd even love for you to talk about your book a bit and what inspired all oh of yeah, that. Oh, yeah, you have a book. I um, do have Yeah. Book. But I've been thinking about motherhood a lot. I don't think that means anything. I'm a <laughs> single <laughs> and, you know, content. But it kind of almost terrifies me because I'm like, well, how does anyone ever get ready for that? Oh, you, you don't. Know? And I know. And I, I I think Mm-mm. you don't and you don't, like you can't, nothing can prepare you, but I'd like for mm-hmm. you to say more um, about that, you know? Like just what you would advise for someone who's terrified at the thought of <laughs> Yeah, I've, I would say you <laughs> should stay
2: terrified. It's the most terrifying thing to think about raising another human Literally, being. Yeah. Literally, I know, and you, there's no directions, right. and you have no idea what personality they come out with. Mm-hmm. You have no idea what special needs they may have. Mm-hmm. You have no idea. Like God just says, okay, here you go. Mm. So we have three children that are three completely different humans. And so you stay on your knees you trust God and you have, and this is where I, when you asked about what if you're the first generation Christians, mm-hmm. but we have the best heavenly father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have a phenomenal mm-hmm. example of both lots of love, lots of relationship, lots of grace. And at the mm-hmm. same time, lots of expectations. God has certain expectations of our behavior. Mm-hmm. And when we do not do what we're supposed to do, he will discipline us. Right. So, no, we don't get everything we want when we want it and how we want it. Mm -hmm. The answer is no. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Okay, Um, And I think you have to have both. And then you have to be a real prayer on, Lord, what do I do? And there's sometimes you don't know. And so really, you just have to go like, okay, I got to get some wisdom. I've got to go talk to a counselor. I've Mm got to pray. And maybe there's something I should read. Like, what is going on here? Um, And I and you you figure it out as you go along. But again, when you make your mistakes, you let your kids, depending on how old they are and what's going on. Mm -hmm. Here's what happened. I'm sorry. That was not the best way to handle it or it was sinful. Mm -hmm. I ask you to forgive me. They will they will forgive you and to say, okay. so let's talk then about. If this were to happen, you know, if we were in this situation again, what would I do differently? What would I want you to do differently? Not blaming either side, but say, let's all take responsibility for what happened. Everybody individually takes it. Because sometimes as parents, you just lose it. You just are like, I'm so tired and I'm just, I'm just emotionally at the end of my rope more so than you can. And you're going to sin. You're going to make mistakes, but... If you can embrace that, the imperfection of parenting, the imperfection of life, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it's not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. So um, do you know who Ansel Adams is? Mm -mm. Uh, Okay, Ansel Adams is a very famous American photographer. And he took a lot of black and white photos um, throughout and, and mostly in national parks. So beautiful pictures of mountains and trees and rivers and everything um but he did it in black and white so you have on one end you know pure white and on the other end you know all black and mm-hmm. in between every single color of g- every variation in gray and what's great about his pictures is it is the entire scope you have both the white mm. the black and the gray you That's have it good. all mm-hmm. that is our life i have both my bright moments my dark moments and a lot of m- moments in between but put it all together and it is a beautiful picture Mm -hmm. because when I get it right, we see the success of my, of what it means to walk in the spirit. You see the success of wisdom and discernment and growing in the Lord. And when it's not such a great moment, when this is the moment, maybe the shadows are in, you see the grace of God as well, because Mm -hmm. that's when we get to repent and we get Mm -hmm. to confess and we show what it means to receive that grace of God. And our kids need to see why did Jesus die? Mm -hmm. You know, you, it's not that Jesus isn't an addendum to your life. You need Jesus. Mm -hmm. I need him. And so I would always tell my children when I sinned, and now you know why mm. mommy loves Jesus.
3: Mm.
2: I need Jesus. I love him. And this is why. Mm-hmm. Because I am a sinner. Yeah. Yeah. But when I got it right, I would go, do you see that? That was a great moment of parenting right there, people. <laughs> right there. Right there. That's Jesus too because look what he did in me. That was amazing. Mm. Um, and so we made it very real for them all the way around. So embrace both the bright moments and the shadow moments and everything in between. Yeah. And because it all can display Christ in a very human way. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm.
1: That's good. I really appreciate that. I've actually been learning a lot about embracing the grace because mm. I think grace are so um, uncomfortable. And because we all seem to have this standard of perfection that we want to achieve, every time we fail to, it's mm-hmm. hard, you know, and mm-hmm. we beat ourselves up and all of that. But you you've said it beautifully. I love. I'm going to look up Ansel. What's his name? Ansel
2: Adams. So it's A N S E L and then Adams. Okay, yeah. And just look up his photos. Mm-hmm. All right. Beautiful.
0: So before we let you go, it's about six forty, so we got a little bit of time. One with these closing minutes, tell us about your book. Mm. Shameless plug. Who knows? Someone may buy it from this. That'd be great. (laughs) And then also, I like to ask people. Three books, and yours yours doesn't count. So technically, you'd recommend oh come four, on, or the Bible. I just mm-hmm. don't, yeah, or the Bible. Oh my, three word. books that you would recommend people mm-hmm. read.
2: Well, you're going to end up reading them in our classes, so nice. there you go. <laughs> um, uh, so my book is God never changes, but my family always does. Mm-hmm. So um, one of the things I teach students in the children and family ministry major is you always start life with your th- theology and Bible, no matter what you do, mm-hmm. whether you're counseling, educating parenting, pastoring, nonprofits, whatever you do, (laughs) Chick-fil-A, you start with Bible and theology. From there, you build, in a sense, your your basis of philosophy. And so this is your sense of what do you understand about development of human life, culture, ethnicity, uh, our historical time period, and what we're living through, um, your understanding of technology and culture, just all of that. So you got to have these opinions about all of that. And then last but not least is your methodology. Now, what do I do? Mm. So in the book, it's broken down from the time of conception all the way through launching into adulthood. And you look at the different life stages and say, theologically, what would we say about this life stage? And I do think that there are certain truths about God that work best at certain ages. Mm -hmm. So for example, one of the theology points that I think are important when our kids are in elementary school is that God is imminent meaning he is with us because as those children go into school and they've kind of left the nest if they're feeling insecure Mm. I might not be with them as their mom Mm -hmm. but God is he is imminent he is Mm -hmm. there Um, before that actually in preschool I think one of the key things to know about God is that God is transcendent he is our authority so this is an easy thing for children to understand god created us since he created us he owns us and it's an easy thing to show them because if they make a drawing of something or they you know make a creation out of play-doh whose picture is that Mm, Mine. that's mine (laughs) it's mine okay so what wouldn't you say that since it's yours you get to decide what to do with it now the same illustration works as you get older but for like people your age it would be like you have a phone correct Mm -hmm. or a computer if it's yours who should decide what's done with that phone and computer? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you say you decide?
3: Mm.
2: Nobody else, just you. So we have this concept of ownership and creation mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and with that an inherent sense of authority. Mm. Because of mm-hmm. that, that, they need to know at a young age the ultimate authority in their life is God. And God says, here is my creation, here is my design, and this is how I have set it up to work. And f- the flesh, humanity, means I will always fight. Mm-hmm. Against the design of God. Hmm. So even as they get old, the, you've got to know that first. Because then by the time they hit adolescence or young adulthood. And they want to talk about gender and sexuality and everything else. The bottom line is, God is the designer. Yeah, He's the authority. He's the owner. And since he designed it, he's the one to say how it works. Hmm. That's part of being God. Mm-hmm. But part of being human and our sinfulness is we're never going to agree Rebuilding. over something. So when do they learn that ultimately God's in charge and that God's in charge of me as the mom and God's in charge of dad as the dad? Even we will obey God first. And God says to parents, parent your children, discipline your children, love your children. Don't frustrate them. Love them. Discipline them. Be clear. So there's things that they're just principles of scripture. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, God is the authority. Um, I think part of the challenges even today in our world is the bad look, the, the bad vibe that the word authority gets. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Once you get rid of any sense of authority, you have nothing but chaos. Mm. Nothing. So you have to have authority. And in our home, it is God. And this is who he is. Mm -hmm. And this is his design. And so this is what we're going to do. And that means we say no to self Mm -hmm. and yes to God, which is ultimately the pattern of how we live a righteous life. How we get to show God we love him back Mm -hmm. by saying, yes, you are God. And because I love you, God, I'm going to do what you tell me to do. Not because I have to. But because I get to, so where's I told our children, you don't have to obey God, but you get to, mm-hmm. yeah, you get to obey Him, you get to say no to yourself, and you get to say yes to Him, mm-hmm. because we love Him. So those theology principles ultimately do lead to how do you look at the child, how do you communicate it to them, and then what do you do? Mm-hmm. So even right there is like, here's the truth, this is what it means for this age level, therefore this is what you say to them, and this is what you do. So it goes mm-hmm. throughout. That's my book. It goes through all of those that's life so stages. Great. I want parents to think theologically before they think about how they solve the problem. Yeah, mm-hmm. think about God, then solve. Then they f- figure out how you're going to potty train your kid.
0: Huh. Yeah, So then real quick before you go, so we got you to this meeting on time. Yep, three books, and then okay. give us like a one sentence for each book, like <gasps> the one sentence.
2: Oh, Spiritual Depression by Martin Lloyd Jones.
1: Haley was talking about what's that. What's the today? What's
0: the one sentence mm. sell selling oh, point? Gosh.
2: Uh, oh, just spiritual food for your soul that will last a lifetime.
0: Yeah. I have heard it's, f- uh, yeah, we've heard it's phenomenal mm. as yeah. well. So yeah. we we'll yeah. about You today. get
2: Crazy to read it. it as a senior, the whole go. book. Let's go. It's amazing. It will be, it's a life changing book. Wow. Absolutely. Alright. So, the second one? Mm mm-hmm. um, hmm. Oh, um, I would say, I I think I do enjoy Mere Christianity. It was probably Mm -hmm. one of the first books I ever read as a Christian. And for me, it was, is Jesus a liar, a lunatic, or Lord? I love how he breaks things down, that God has not given us a choice when it comes to Jesus. Either he's a liar, Mm -hmm. he's a lunatic, or he is the Lord. Mm -hmm. But you cannot consider him some nice teacher or lovely little prophet. That's not left for us to choose Mm -hmm. from. You have mm-hmm. to make a more definitive choice, and that's always stuck with me. Who do I see him to be? Mm. Yeah. He that's is Lord. So, mm-hmm. yeah. so I love Lewis. Um, oh, Edith Schaefer. What is a family? Okay. Edith Schaefer was Francis Schaefer's wife. Francis Schaefer had a, um, it was in sw- Switzerland, I think, in the Alps, and it was called Le Brie. Oh, is that maybe, is it, maybe I'm wrong on that, but what it is it's people would come to him and he was like this teacher, philosopher, educator, Christian thinker. and people would come and just stay they'd stay there and sit around the round table very similar to what uh, table talk with uh, Martin Luther. Martin mm-hmm. Luther and Katie Luther opened up their home and people would come to talk Martin Lu- to Martin Luther during the Reformation mm-hmm. and they would sit around and just talk and ask him questions very similar to what we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. And so Luther did that with Table Talk, and this is what Francis Schaeffer did in Switzerland. His wife was Edith, and Edith wrote this great book that talked about, she gave different pictures of what is a family. So for example, one of her metaphors is, and I've never forgotten it, is your family is like a door. Hmm. It has both a lock and hinges, and you need to know when you use them. Wow. So that was brilliant for pastoral ministry because a lot of times we think, well, the door should always be open. Everybody should just always come to my house. And that is not true Um, because she always offering hospitality. She goes, there were times we closed the door and it was just Mm -hmm. our family and nobody else could come in. It was just us. Yeah. And as a young mom, that was good. And she has all these other different uh, metaphors as well that were great pictures of. How do you run your family on that? And I thought, yeah, it is my job to both offer hospitality, as well as to protect our family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, your house, your family's like a door. Wow. Locks and a hinge. So my those are my top three.
0: There it is. Three spiritual depression. Uh-huh. Martin, Lloyd jo- Martin Lloyd Jones. Martin Lloyd Jones. Your Christianity. C.S. Lewis. What is a family? E.A. hmm all right. Thank you, Miss Smith. You're thank very welcome. It's so
2: kind of you. No, thank you so much. Wa- so you. So no, much. You. Yeah. So Marvel, what a pleasure to meet you. Thank yeah, you for spending time with me. That was so yeah. sweet.
0: Don't yeah. switch. Moral of the story, the takeaway, don't switch to children family ministry unless you want to put in the work. But, but it's worth it. It's so worth it. It's so worth it. So <laughs> worth it. <laughs> thank you, Miss Smith. You're so we'll welcome. Thanks for having thank me.
2: Thank you. Bye.